0: Wrestling should be fun, should be fun, wrestling should be fun Wrestling should be fun, should be fun, wrestling should be fun
1: Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast and we are very, very excited here because we have got an absolute legend of the British wrestling scene it's the man that brought to us the Wasteman Challenge and the man that we've all loved ever since we first saw him back in 2016. It's Roy Johnson, Big Wavy. How you doing, Roy?
0: Buenos dias, I'm good. This I think, this is the first time I've been described as a British wrestling legend. So uh, <laughs> this is a very good start. I, I like <laughs> you guys already.
1: <laughs> and we're also here with Wrestling Should Be Fun roster member, James. How you doing, James?
2: Yeah, not bad. Very well. Less of, less, lovely and yeah.
1: less of a legend than Roy, but still a legend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair enough. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start off with the call-up sheet. Roy, this is just a quick little thing. We basically read out Some um, people who have asked for a shout out, we read out their Twitter profiles and we try and think of their like new gimmick for them, like a new wrestling gimmick. Okay. So first up, we've got referee George Strong, who says that he's seen on Fight TV with Wrestling SWA and Elevate Pro, and he's from Louisiana, USA. So have we got a referee type character for him, guys? The world's strongest ref, surely. (laughs) (laughs) Done, the world's strongest ref. <laughs> so strong that he could break a mat with his three count. Exactly, he hits the, front of the <laughs> mat it's got so hard that either the wrestlers bounce out of the ring or breaks a mat. Um, Easy as that. <laughs> Best of luck beating that, mate. <laughs>
2: I'll wait for the next one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> next up, we've got Anthony Yar, who's a consultant and producer co-host of Child of the Most High. He's half Nigerian, half Native American. He's Redskins tweet team, and he's a comic book geek with Marvel. So he's pretty well-rounded, this guy. Anthony Yar. Child of the High? Child of the High. What? Lots to unpack there. Lots to unpack (laughs) (laughs) James, did you want to have a crack at Anthony Yar? I'm still trying to figure out Child of the High. (laughs) Basically, I'm assuming that his dad's high? (laughs) 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 Or you could go with the type vibe, or half native kind of gives me Chief Strongbow vibes, or Tatanka. Maybe you could be Tatanka's son. (laughs) (laughs) Got nothing (laughs) to (laughs) say. Fair enough. We'll move on to someone a bit closer to home John Copper from Gillingham, England. He's married, he loves his family. He loves West Ham and he loves gaming.
2: I think he's got to be a policeman. Okay. (laughs) He's coming in with a a sort of modern day uh, take on the big boss man. Like it.
1: But he's from Kent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's got to be some kind of um, hammer vibe. Time. You know, like Greg the Hammer Valentine, so just John the John the Hammer Copper.
2: Yeah, and yes, yeah, so he's a policeman who uses a hammer instead of a truncheon. Simple as that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Last but not least, we've got Emmanuel Silves, who is from Napoli, and that's all that he gives. So you've got free reign there, guys. I saw Roy that you wrestled in in Italy, so maybe uh, I actually form. wrestled in Napoli as well. There you go. <laughs> Was there someone on that card that is? Still there, character? I don't think so. No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. What was wrestling in Napoli like? Oh, it was incredible.
0: The annoying thing is because I, I flew out to Napoli on the show on the show day, got taken to the venue. Literally, I went around the corner to get some food, and then back to the venue and I, where I stayed for the whole day. Oh, it, it rained because we were okay. in November. Yeah, so it rained quite a bit. Did my match? The crowd were they were just crazy. Oh, really? I, Crazy wrestling fans, it was, it, was, it was insane. And then literally went back to the hotel. Oh, sorry, went for, went for um, pizza, as you do. Yep. Yeah. Um, which was actually a bit of a letdown. I'm not going to lie. No. It was nice, but it wasn't the best pizza I've ever had, which was what I was expecting. Okay. And then I went back to my hotel, which is, was like a, a pod hotel, which is really cool. Um, It was next to the airport, and then I flew home. So I think it really gets really to do much <laughs> uh, culturally or see a lot. You know, the most cultural thing I did was have a pizza, but the fans are crazy. They love wrestling. I got mobbed after my match, which is, you know, doesn't really happen. That's uh, so yeah, yeah, it's great. And uh, luckily, I'm going to be back there. But I don't think I'm back in in Naples or Napoli, but um, yeah, back in Italy in, in November this year. So looking forward to that.
1: Awesome. Well, hopefully, you'll meet the chap that we just spoke about there. <laughs> yeah, if, you, well,
0: if I do, and I'll bump into you, mate. Make sure you come and mob you yeah, not mob me, but just, just remember, like you know, I was part of the crew that renamed you, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love it. So that's uh, the call-up sheet this week.
2: One of our worst ever, I'd say, James, and that's down to you. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit tender today. I've had a big big, big weekend. <laughs> My brain's not quite working.
1: <laughs> this is what happens when we do a record on a bank holiday Monday?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we've got What the Nerds Are Watching... I've been
2: watching you. A la 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 long, la la, la, la long, 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 long. Come on. la 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 long, long, James, have you watched anything this week that you want to talk about? I've watched about three quarters of Dynamite. Yeah.
1: What do you make of it? Enjoy it?
2: Yeah. It was the, um, Uh, FDR match wasn't it on the opener? Yeah, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I think with uh, Hong Kong commentary was a nice touch there. Did you see all the tweets that showed
1: like how they basically used all of the moves from the WrestleMania 10 match?
2: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they've taken a lot from from the Brett Owens thing, haven't they?
1: Yeah, that was cool as well. And they had the like bird's eye camera that they had as well. Lovely little touches. That's classic AEW though, isn't it? Like all these little um, touches that they do to hit the hardcore fan, they tick that box every time, don't they?
2: Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, so you can see those those two guys sort of were it seemed to mean quite a lot to them based on the way they were performing and and the emotion they had. So that was a uh, yeah, it was cool. What I wanted to
1: quickly talk about on Dynamite was, um, did you see it, Roy? So which episode?
0: Episode talk about. So I, I get like I'm late on my T V box. I might not have seen it yet. Scorpio Sky and no, I've not seen this one yet. I think it dropped on my T-Boat box over the weekend, so okay, right. I'll see if it's there after after this. But yeah, I haven't watched this one, I, I was watching last week's
1: Dynamite, okay, right, um, the other day. So, under high enough, unfortunately. <laughs> so, we um, got a, a ladder match between Scorpio Sky and Sammy G, and Sammy did this insane jump off the this like massive ladder. And... I don't know what quite went wrong, whether it was just too dangerous a jump or whatever, but Scorpio Sky didn't really catch him that well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it looked like he got pretty badly concussed. He basically was on the floor for like two minutes whilst um, the referees kind of bought time for them. And then they kind of let him just, like, it was just the ref that asked him, is he okay? And then he wrestled the rest of the match with like what could have been a concussion i don't know if it was it probably wasn't Mm. he wrestled this weekend but do you think that there's like a bit of a protocol problem in in wrestling a little bit with that sort of stuff like should it be down to the wrestlers to tell you that you're okay no
0: because it shouldn't never be down to the wrestlers because we're idiots You, you, (laughs) you leave stuff like that back to us we'll tell you we're fine we'll have like a Ear hanging off, and yeah, you know, <laughs> eyeballs like hanging out of your eye socket, and we'll tell you, "Oh no, we're absolutely fine," because we want, pre- because we want to get the match done. Um, sure. yeah, yeah, Like you know, I've been in a match where it's ended abruptly, and just the energy just sucks out of the room. Mm. It's not nice. Yeah, we just what just want to you know do our job, and I guess I don't know because it's such a weird thing for like matches of like you don't see it happen often when matches get finished abruptly or whatever. Yeah, which is strange because it's, it's a it, it's like you know it's a thing that happens in. UFC and boxing and stuff, but it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's such a weird thing that like phenomenon in wrestling that, that no one wants it to happen to them. So unfortunately, we'll try and, and finish the match in, um, if we can. Yeah. Uh, so so the, it should really be to me. It should be down to the ref, the concussion protocol, whatever. Ref should know the signs for a concussion and be like, don't care how, if you say how you are. This match is finishing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, because we'll I feel match. like maybe wrestling promoters think you know that the show must go on and the fans will feel shortchanged, But I think the world has changed a lot now where we're going to side with the athlete, right? Like, fans won't be like, oh, screw that. Yeah, guy. yeah. Like, I think if it
0: happens in the moment, fans might be like, well, what happened here? But then,
1: yeah. when, obviously, they'll realise and learn what's
0: happened and then, obviously, people be a lot more sympathetic to what's happened and stuff. And a lot of the places I work, anyway, are very sympathetic to these sort of things. Um, one place I've worked for even said in the email I got the other week from saying, look... You're not gonna it's not gonna go badly against you if you if you if you have to stop your match because of concussion or whatever if anything it would be bad it would probably be marked against you if you carried on yeah um, absolutely yeah which is this is how it should be because health and safety is paramount so I hope Sammy's okay apparently you said he's wrestled he wrestled again so
1: yeah he did yeah so, so hopefully he's okay but obviously like they had an almost real scary one didn't they like last year with Matt Hardy when he got yeah. off that ladder like there's no way yeah. that, that like Matt Hardy should have carried on that match like
2: no no that, that was that was bad. Do you think that they should have, as you mentioned, the ref, do you think they should be almost on promotions to bring in a sort of specialist for that sort of thing, like you get in like rugby and NFL and stuff? They've got like specific people you've got to pass a concussion test. Obviously, you haven't got the time to take 10 minutes out to do that, but yeah. someone who definitely knows the signs, who would be able to make that call pretty quickly, right? Because as, as you say, if, if it's left to the, the athletes themselves, they're always going to carry on, aren't they?
0: It's one of them things that a call cool, has to be made in a, in a split moment and the ref will throw up the X or whatever. And I guess once the ref thrown up the X, that's the match done. And if you have, like, Medic at a show or what have you, they, they obviously, they're well averse to what the right protocol is and stuff anyway. But I think they're more there to check on the athlete or wrestler yeah, after absolutely. the event. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they can have the, make the call to be able to you know, finish the match or whatever.
1: Yeah, and, like, from a fan's point of view, like me and James would both have the opinion, like, for example, if you were in a situation that you were looking like you were struggling, we wouldn't want the match to continue. We would want you to get the help that you need, you know? like Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then just one little thing that I saw this week was, NXT's opening match was Nikita Lions against Lash Legend, two very green wrestlers. And I thought they did a brilliant job. It was absolutely so much fun. And I just wanted to quickly ask you, Rory. Someone who was like trained at the projo and stuff, like with like green wrestlers. Do you think it's getting to a point on NXT with these green wrestlers that they're almost taught their match for the week, and then they just practice that match?
0: Um, I would no. I mean, it, it would make sense. I think that's that's probably the best way to, I guess, fast track a wrestler to being on TV. Yeah, because from what I understand, that's what they do with the celebrities at WrestleMania and stuff. They just walk them through. Yeah, the match that they need to deliver and just hammer that into I think I think I saw that on um, a documentary or something. something I, I heard it or, on a podcast or something. No, I heard it on a podcast, sorry. It's on Kurt Angle's podcast I was listening to, and he was talking about his match with um, Triple H and Stephanie when he teamed with oh, Ronda yeah. Rousey. That um, match was awesome, said, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was really good. Um, he was saying they just worked on that match constantly at the PC with Ronda because it was a debut. Yeah. And I think... For performers, definitely for celebrities, and you know people like Johnny Knoxville and whatever, and to get a, a good, a good a one good match out someone's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, and just it, have them drilled that that into into them and practice, yeah. practice, practice it, and I don't know. Yeah, because Not, I don't know if whether that's the case with NXT 2.0 because they're at the PC all the time, and, and I'm sure, and I think Nikita Lyons she wrestled a bit before. I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, it was um, a really good match, and like I saw on Twitter that there's these classic. Twitter accounts that are like WWE botches and they just like clip out a 20 second clip from it and be like, this sucks. It's like, you're such an asshole. That was legitness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. But yeah, it's just so, it's, it's a stupid, such a stupid thing. Like you get, if you want to look at wrestling like a, a legitimate sport, you get botches in, in boxing.
2: Yeah, every yeah, punch
0: yeah. in boxing hit cleanly and, and like connect with there's everything. Does everyone's, is everyone's footwork in boxing? like perfect everything perfect and i'm picking i'm singing out boxing but this is the first thing that came to my head yeah, yeah. um you know like professional footballers they they miss open goals yeah <laughs> and people who get paid like millions a year to do their sport they're not perfect human beings and you have to really remember and understand that this environment at nxt 2.0 is del- it's gone back to developmental absolutely yeah but the match is great so yeah. pff, i don't know these people can go and suck eggs or something like find find watch something else yeah like if you want if you want perfection watch something but you won't find perfection in wrestling that's the thing so you'll always find a botch somewhere on every show so just you just just, yeah. just stop being a nub and just enjoy
1: it <laughs> exactly <laughs> and we'll move on to the round table where we're going to have a nice chat with Roy Johnson on his career Okay, So, Roy, a few questions for you here, mate. You obviously came into wrestling with a bit of a bodybuilding kind of character at the start um, yep. with the medals and, and things that you had won at actual bodybuilding. Um, uh, so I'll just correct you. There. So
0: I won at powerlifting. Um, oh, sorry, yes.
1: But yeah. Powerlifting, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, very small, minor detail. <laughs> <that's there. again. laughs> My bad. Like, obviously, there's a bit of a crossover there with the two kind of styles. Um, were you a wrestling fan first or did you have a classic pro wrestling story where you were seen at a gym by a wrestler and scouted into the business?
0: Uh, it's actually a bit of both. I'm like a huge wrestling fan. Like I, I make no, I don't hide that at all. But I've been a, a wrestling fan for forever, since I was about five. As long okay. as I can remember. Something my dad got me into. And I think it's actually my wrestling fandom that, that kept me away from wrestling. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because I was such a big fan of wrestling. I didn't want to try wrestling and then either you know, find out all the magic of wrestling and that, and that's ruined, ruins it for me. Yeah. Or actually I don't, I didn't enjoy wrestling or I wasn't good in, good at it or I wasn't able to do, actually do it at all. And then that would take the love out of wrestling for me. Okay. Right. Um, and I was a massive fan to the point where I've been to like, at the point I started wrestling, I think I've been to like nine WrestleMania's or something. Wow. Really? Uh, just yeah. Just like James, just like James. <laughs> um, so yeah I'm a massive, I'm a massive wrestling fan I, I don't hide it I have replica uh, belts in my living room I don't, I don't care <laughs> honestly I don't care like if people want to call me a, a mark or whatever but I'm a mark I love wrestling like people I think it's weird people who pretend they don't like it or don't love it to be honest yeah. especially wrestlers why would you spend so much time and put so much effort and money and hurt yourself and you know wrestling to be a wrestler sometimes yeah. <laughs> yeah and all, all the mileage and, and all that sort of stuff if you don't actually like it yeah but um, yeah so massive wrestling fan but then i actually got into wrestling because i so I, I wanted to try it out well no actually no this is a lie so i didn't want to try it out <laughs> I, I was no interest in trying to actually actually to be fair um so i was competing in powerlifting i was a regular at the progress shows um as a fan and then i was talking to uh, ali armstrong at the interval at a progress oh, yeah, show yeah. once and he was telling me to come down to training basically and yeah, basically, I thought about it for a bit. Got injured in a powerlifting competition. And thought, you know what? I'm just going to try this wrestling thing now because what's the point of me getting injured in a powerlifting competition when I don't get paid for it? Something like, you know, just try something else. Yeah, try and do something, do something fun, and a ticket off your, your bucket list. So yeah, that's how, that's how it came about. And I went to training and then uh, fell in love with the training aspect of it because the training was ridiculously hard wasn't right, okay. as difficult as it was, but I guess I'm a bit of a sadist in that respect. <laughs> I liked how hard, hard hard, and painful it was and difficult and that, and I just kept on going. And I picked up
1: really quickly. And um, you obviously uh, joined the business at probably the best time for a British wrestler as well.
0: Yeah, so exactly. So, And this is the thing, the weird thing for, with me is I didn't know anything, anything different for British wrestling. Right, because I started watching British wrestling in the end of sorry, beginning of 2013. Went to a progress show in 2013. I want to say 2013. I know it was was chapter nine. Was my first show anyway. Okay, yeah, yeah. uh, I think that was 2013 anyway. But anyway, I've been to like a an all star show like years years ago, like 2004 or something. That Gangrel was meant to appear, and only because I lived in Nottingham at the time and the show was in Nottingham. One of my mates who. Who I was at uni with and Nottingham was like, "Let's go watch some wrestling." It's around the corner, so I thought, "Yeah, why not?" And Gangrel didn't make it. Jake The Snake replaced him, and he wasn't in a very good way. Okay. Um, right. He kind of dragged himself down to the ring, hit a DDT, and then left. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, and then I never went to a British wrestling show after that again until the Progress Show. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> like knowing what you know now as a wrestler, like how that can impact a fan's like entertainment, like yeah.
0: but, one bad show put me off wrestling
1: for like nearly 10 years. And that's someone who loves wrestling as well. Like, imagine someone who didn't really care about wrestling that went to it yeah. the first time. Like,
0: well, <laughs> so I, I wouldn't say it put me, It didn't put me off wrestling, it just put me off British wrestling. So right, I, right. I didn't, I literally yeah. didn't want to watch any other British wrestling shows ever again. Because I thought, from what I saw of that show, I thought the, the standard was awful. But literally, based on, I think, the bad Jake experience, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Nothing else stood out for me apart from. Oh, what's his name? He still, still wrestled. Oh, uh, Ferocious Flatliner. Oh, right. Yeah, nice. I remember him. I remember his entrance. I remember his entrance music. I remember his, his tour and everything. I don't remember anything else.
1: Yeah, those All-Star shows were certainly an experience. <laughs> I mean, I've been
0: to All-Star shows since, and they're great. They're very good at what they do. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely. They're, they're, they're fantastic. So good thing that I was able
2: to just get over that hump that I had with British wrestling. Yeah, for sure. How did you come to hear about progress Roy that is, uh, was you going as a fan did someone take you along or <clears throat> you just...
0: yeah so in 2012 I went to Wrestlemania in Miami and while I was there I was chatting to a guy at, at a bar in Miami and he said to me oh, I've got spare tickets for Raw if you want to come so me and my cousin went took the tickets off him and one of the guys we sat next to who was with, who was with the guy I got a ticket from we became good friends after that Miami trip he's actually a wrestler now so um, he wrestles in up north as uh, JPR. Okay. He's he's starting to get about a lot up up there. So you you will probably if you haven't heard of him already, you I'm sure you will do soon. But yeah, we became really good friends after that trip, and he was a um, big progress fan, and he was talking always talking to me about it. And I had no interest in the guy because of my previous experience in British wrestling, and then he took me to a show, and it was the um, Chapter Nine show, and I was like completely blown away. And then ever since I I just I was one of the fans who was, who was there at 12 o'clock the next day, buying tickets, F5 on the, F5, today, yeah. and then they, you know, when they sold out in minutes and what have you. And then uh, I think the last show I attended as a fan was Chapter 17. Because um, oh, okay. I, I just started training. Yeah. Just previous to the first Super Strong. Yes. That's right. Yeah. 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 And then, just, and then just when I think about it now, it's a bit crazy because 10 chapters later on the Chapter show.
1: Yeah, that is mad. <laughs>
0: and The next super strong style, I, I did a Wasteman challenge. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and, um, it was great. <laughs> and then and then that became like a staple of super strong style every year. So yeah, it's just a bit mad, really.
1: So you train at the Projo, you made your debut in 2015, and then less than two years later, you're on the network as one of the 16 chosen wrestlers for the original UK tournament, facing Pete Dunne in the first round. Um, as we said, the quick turnaround from you being in the Projo to being on a chapter show in less than two years, to have that on your uh, mantelpiece must have, must have felt brilliant, right?
0: Yeah, but, but it's like it's, it's one of the things where it didn't feel like... It, it didn't feel quick, if that makes sense. Oh, really? Do you know like how, like... I liken to this or compare this to like when you're a kid and you have a different concept of time when you're a kid because of how old you are, if that makes sense. Yeah. So a summer, for example, when you're a kid, feels like ages because you're a kid. When you're an adult now, summer feels, goes really quickly because you've been alive longer. Your your perception of, of time relative to how long you've been alive is different. Yeah. And at that point in my wrestling career, I didn't think I'd be I'd like, it was a short amount. So time. I knew it was. It didn't feel like it was, if that makes sense. Yeah, that- I, I, I knew how long I've been there compared to a lot of people, but in my brain then I was already wanting more out of what I was what I was doing, and yeah. looking looking at what the, the next step for me is. And you know, people might th- might think and say, "Oh, but you know, be patient, blah, blah blah." You need to get this and this and that under your belt. You need more experience, whatever. But I wanted everything at that point in time, and I still knew how how it's crazy how things you know came quickly to me i just didn't feel it if That makes yeah. sense.
1: Yeah. yeah well it was an amazing experience just like even the press conference seeing the 16 of you lined up on like wwe.com like it was like these are our guys and they're getting exposure and like it was it just felt so great at the time as a fan and i'm sure as a wrestler it must have been like awesome
0: yeah it was surreal really to be honest i i, I, I yeah I, I find it difficult and sometimes
1: to kind of comprehend
0: because at, at the time it's just, it's just a thing that's happening to me you know yeah, like yeah. Them, and when, when i say it's a thing that's happened to me we didn't know what's happening until it was announced yeah that's true yeah <laughs> so we're just like what everyone's like what are we what are we here for like yeah because the turnaround <laughs> was quite quick wasn't it yeah it was, it's literally like uh, I've, I've told this story so many times but literally william regal ran me up saying look you know are you interested in some work with the company i was like yes okay we'll be <laughs> in touch okay can you sign this paperwork okay can you be in London for these three days okay like literally no like no idea of what we were doing what have you and then then it was announced I'm like oh absolutely yeah
1: (laughs) we've got quite a roster here on the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast and lots of people sadly couldn't make it for this episode but they very much wanted to ask you some questions because they're big fans Sure. um conman asks the wasteman challenge how did the idea come to you and who was your favorite battle with and who surprised you the most
0: so the idea of it eventually it originally was just an open challenge of any sort like it could have been the rap battle or wrestling match because the early ones they were wrestling matches yeah and then there was a, a bit of you know rapping and stuff in between and just any sort of like competitive thing and and. It was a spin-off from Rodney Mack's White Boy Challenge. Oh, right, okay. But he, he ran in the SmackDown era and stuff. Yeah. And that's where the idea came from for me. And I remember I was I was training at the Projo at the time. And this was a time when Progress got, were quite heavily involved with the Projo. John Briley would come down. Well, actually, John Briley was at every training session back then, which is mad if you think about it now, how he hasn't had that much time but while well, whilst running Progress, But he was at every training session. And sometimes he'd, he'd say to people if you have any ideas to pitch, now's a good time. And I was always hesitant to pitch anything to John because John uh, is very honest, um, sometimes brutally honest, and I didn't want the knock in confidence for him saying no to something. But I pitched this, and he said yes, and I was like, wow, okay, I'm not going to pitch anything ever again. I've got 100% record now. (laughs) Um, So we did the first one, and when I say the first one, actually, the first one was, there was one before the Wasteland Challenge, which was the... A match I up with the geezers, um which became a, bat, uh, a kind of rap battle because that's what they wanted to do. Okay. Because um, they they're, they're very creative guys, great guys and stuff. And that's what they wanted to do, and that was essentially the genesis of the Westman Challenge. And then uh, we did them, and, and they carried on and whatever. And then it just got to a point where it just got really silly, <laughs> and yeah. um, and and a lot of people wanted to do them, and it, it got to a point where I was like, I don't like. It wasn't always meant to be the rap battle stuff, but it got to a point where John Bryant was like, if you don't do the rap battle part of it, you're kind of cheating the audience because that's what they want to see now. Interesting. Okay. Oh, who was the one who surprised me the most? I can't, I can't I'll I'm. need to think about this because, um, yeah, because there's, there's been so many like moments and stuff from it and... Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably Man Manson. Probably. Oh, God, yeah, that would take <laughs> I'd probably say that one because it got to the point where I knew it was a good thing and it was always they were always going to be good, so I wouldn't plan anything with the person I'm doing it with. So this one, Madman Atzen turned up to the to the venue and um, I said hi to him, and he said to me, "Do you want to know what I'm planning?" On saying? And I said, "No, because I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to say. So let's just go out there and do it." Literally, I had no idea what he was going to say. I, I he had no idea what I was going to say, and it was just magic. Yes, yeah, it was so good. And I'd say it's probably my favourite one purely because. I came out of that one looking like a star, and he came out of that one looking like a star. And like people missed how much like realized how much they missed him at progress and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't a case, and I, I don't mean to say it's like any detriment to anyone else who's answered it, but there's a lot of ones where it's just been a case that um, it's like who can bury Roy the most? Yeah. And who can, you know, try and make themselves look the best while burying Roy? And
1: it's just like, okay, this is what it's become. But it's with really those nice. um, sorts of ones, would they not tell you which barbs they're hitting you with as well? No, because... it got
0: to the point where I didn't, where I didn't want to know. Right. Okay. I, I I wanted it to it to be as organic as possible. There was one where it was like it was one, uh, one of the Adipali ones. I don't remember which one there has been two there I think. Yeah. Um. Where I did ask people to say what is going is going to say because it's on it's a bigger show or whatever, and one wrestler who I, I won't name won't name won't name names I wasn't happy with what he was going to say about me. So right, I asked okay. him to change it um, okay. because it, it was a bit much just yeah, that's yeah. Fair. like i think that's but, fair. I, other than that I, yeah, it's just i just i just trusted people to maybe, maybe i trusted people too much with it looking back at it but yeah i just wanted it to be as organic as possible because if you can like, you can tell when something's like happened organically and yeah and you know whether, whether the reaction to that is is, is good or not so um, yeah, and
1: coming yeah. I mean, from a fan point of view, I can le- I can let you know like, and you're obviously know this anyway, but it but like when a Wasteman challenge match was announced or just a Roy Johnson match was announced, you knew that you were going to be in for a fun time, and that's yeah, what and you I, brought, you know.
0: And that's something I realized early on in my wrestling career. Like I didn't have the experience as, as a lot of people on the on these shows I'm on. I, you know, I look look at the, the early progress wrestling cards that I was on. And I was on shows with like Zack Saber Jr. and Rampage Brown and and like Volta and Will Ospreay and like Mark Haskins and stuff. And, and I know I had don't know near their level in, in the ring, but what I do know is what I'm very good at. Absolutely, and yeah. it's entertaining. Absolutely. And I, and if people knew that they were going to get entertained when they saw me on a on a progress card, then the job done. And that's and, and that's the route I chose early uh, on in my career, is to, to be the entertaining guy because. I like to entertain people and I'm, I think I'm pretty good at it. So, yeah. That's I think
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a question here from Shaf, who in the group is probably your biggest fan and he's absolutely gutted that he's not here. No. Um, he says, Music was a big part of progress. When I went, I couldn't really relate to any of the wrestlers through their themes, but when you came out to gigs, for me, having gone to uni in South London and worked part-time in Peckham pre gentrification, straight away you were my guy. How did you come up with the gimmick, and why did you choose that tune specifically for the theme? So this this again goes
0: back to my time at the Projo, and also I'm going to mention the geezers here again. We did this thing at the Projo where it was part of like, so the Wednesday sessions we had were like match practice and character stuff and whatever. And what we did this particular day was we were picking gimmicks out of a hat okay <laughs> so, so, so someone would write down a gimmick you put it into a hat and then you pick it and then you'd wrestle it as that gimmick you know, there's the, the, like you know random things like you know, I don't know a postman or an IT technician and i think <laughs> someone put down john briley as as one and so you have to wrestle with john <laughs> um i picked out uh south london roadman as a gimmick okay and i did it and just everyone thought it was hilarious and sebastian who was who's at transition time said if you do the, do this do this act like I promise you you get booked everywhere like everywhere in the country and I thought you know what I'm just gonna try it at the time I was listening to I think it's pure grime it was like a, a cd that came out at the time and yes. I was just going listening to, listen to like, just the whole thing just trying to pick out a song on there because um well I love I love grime music back in the day anyway but I just want to pick out a song that, that kind of fit and when I was at training in the lead up for the, the Endeavor show that I did the gimmick on or was it no it's Potential sorry I got yeah. asked on the spot what my music was going I And mean, the first thing I said was Giggs, what the cat dragged in. And then, yeah, and it just worked because it had like the initial drop, like like the kind of the Stone Cold Glass break kind of drop. And then it had the the music and then the drop for the wrestler to come out kind of thing. And it's very unique. No one had come out to it before. And, and it just fit. Just it really, it just fit. To the point where Giggs himself gave me permission to use it. Wow, that's awesome. So I don't know if you remember about, around about a time when when Progress stopped using like yeah, sadly we do <laughs> to custom themes and stuff. So at that period of time, I just thought I'm just going to message Gigs and ask him because he followed me on Twitter at that point. I can't remember why he'd follow me on Twitter, and I message him saying, "Look, I, I use your your song as my interesting. Can I have your permission to use it? Uh, you know, Progress and what have you." And he's he's a massive wrestling fan. Oh right, okay. And he was like, Yes, please, I'm like, happy to use it. His like, my manager will get in touch with you and just like you know, sort it out. And his manager called me and said, Look, Giggs is a massive wrestling fan. He told me his specific words were, um, whatever it needs to be done to make this happen, make it happen. Oh, that's so good. Um well the terms of the contract that they had to sign was so like <sighs> just wasn't in favor of the artist at all. It was but, actually like, to the point where like we actually like we actually own this song now, if we hand over if you like, let us use it kind of oh, thing right. or we can redistribute the song like it, you know, right. yeah yeah kind, kind of thing it, it, implied in those sort of words so um, unfortunately never happened but the fact that he said like it gave me okay to use it you know I use it other places and stuff and yeah it's just it's just one of the like nice little stories because I've been listening to gigs since like forever um, and for him to like pick say like one of his most well-known songs that I can use it and if, in fact if you actually go to the video for that song on YouTube there's so many comments on the video that said Roy Johnston brought me here. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. Because the song's like 11, 12 years old. Yes, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, if you go on, if you look at the video, like either people got brought to the song by something, I think this. do you remember the programme Skins? I think, yeah, course, yeah, yeah, I think there's something from there on that, that had used a song or something, or it might have been Misfits. Skins or Misfits, one or two, I can't remember.
1: Oh, it's one in the comments. I either say that or that I bought them there, which is quite that's cool. So cool, nice, awesome. I do also remember you around that time when, like, there would be the big queue for the um, ballroom that you'd have, like, your mixtape, and then you sell your mixtape. It was so cool.
0: Yeah, so that, that's just me trying to do something different and stand out, and and I think as well because it's Camden. Oh yeah, yeah, it
1: definitely.
0: So people fit the vibe, doesn't it? Yeah, if, yeah. If it fit the vibe because you'd be standing about in Camden, and someone will come up to you and try and sell you a mixtape. Yeah, and then it's just like I just thought it'd be a really cool and funny thing to do, and yeah, people and it actually bought makes it. the character <laughs>
1: more real as well, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Just like a little like random thing, I thought would be quite cool, and, and I, so I made these these I made this mixtape in my car, and I've kind of fired off some copies of it. It actually looked like a legit mixtape as well. I'm quite proud yeah, of that. Actually, yeah. I might go back to think about how like you know the creativity side of that and it uh, you know it had like a a case and a a cover and a track list and all that sort of stuff and i just sold it outside the venue and in the queue yeah (laughs) just one of the random things i I tried out and it it worked kind of thing god i don't know if anyone actually listened to it it's pretty pretty bad it's funny it's funny bad but like yeah yeah um it's just one of the things i just thought it worked with the gimmick and it's something no one else was doing
1: (laughs) yeah for sure
2: um, Did you ever find out who put the gimmick in
0: the gimmick? No, I'm, I'm sure I knew at the time, but like, it was just one of them random things. that, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of half remember who was there, but I don't remember who put it in the hat now, long, it was a while ago, but whoever it was, I thank you uh, <laughs> for, 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 for getting me out of the rut of the powerlifter gimmick. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs>
1: Next up, everything patterns. Where did the idea come for that? It's obviously been a massive success. We went to the show last month. We absolutely loved it. And we oh, thank been... you for coming. And we're um, an annual thing.
0: Um, so for answer your first question, I became increasingly frustrated by how the British wrestling cards were looking and being presented to not just fans of colour, but just just in general. The talent on the shows weren't reflective of the areas the shows were in is my was my main thing so you go to like a london show and i'm going to single out progress for this because this is where the discussion came from um go to a show in london and it's all white faces and then you look at the crowd and then it's the crowd's majority white faces as well and it's like but london's the most ethnically diverse place in the country and black asian people love wrestling i've got plenty of friends who love wrestling but they don't go to British wrestling shows. And I asked them why, and they said, oh, because the crowd don't really, we feel like we stick out, the crowd doesn't reflect us, and the wrestlers don't really reflect us. Okay. And then Rob Brazier, who does a photography at Progress, put out a tweet one one day saying, is there, is there a problem with diversity in British wrestling? To which point I, I, I made some comments about it, which I agreed it did. And then we were talking about it backstage with some of the wrestlers at Progress, and one of the wrestlers said to me, okay, if you were going to replace a wrestler on this card with a black wrestler, personal colour, Who like, who would you put in this show? And as in to say, you know, there aren't, isn't there anyone on, on the level of other people in the show. I said, yeah, fair, that's a fair point because maybe they're, there aren't, but they're only going to get to that point by having the opportunity to get there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You only get good at wrestling and increase your profile in wrestling by taking the chances you have. And if you don't have those chances, you're going to not be seen or whatever. So I went away, I sat and wrote this card out a piece of paper at work and one person one match that was a car that everything patterned was and the crazy thing about that is is i mentioned that by one person everyone who i contacted for that show was available on that date other than the one person right okay um that, that one person was jody flash and he's booked out elsewhere but everyone else was available which, which was kind of just proved my point yeah that, like now you you're not going to get get a list of as i say 20 wrestlers and they're all going to be available for a date like yeah that is scary isn't it like you know months in in, in advance it just doesn't happen yeah and the first one everything happened happened it was a real great success and then i'm not i don't want to say that people went on to do great things because of that event but you had people on that show who went on to work for aew uh nwa get WWE tryouts work for nxt uk um, you know all, all this sort of really, really cool stuff, uh, and people who are now like booked all over every shows all over the country. People who champions all over the country and stuff. So, a lot of profiles were raised afterwards, and I know that show was, was seen like worldwide because during the pandemic when there was no wrestling or so, no independent wrestling, a lot of independent content was kind of shared about all over the world. And I, I think PWI did some sort of feature on it and some sort of live. Viewing of it or something, um, yeah. Because I woke up one morning with loads of notifications, and I was like, "What's what the hell's going on?" Like I don't know. Why I, <laughs> no one gave me heads up. Or anything, I just woke up and uh, with like loads of like Twitter notifications, and yeah, um, there've been some sort of like live watch along in America, and and a lot and a lot of people are now have now gone on to do great things. Um, and then obviously for the culture happened, um, and that's been great, massive success over there, and just like all great stuff. And I've been talking to various people about trying to get do another one and what have you, and just never things never really matched up. And then Progress asked, and as part of the 10th anniversary show, and I, I thought there's no the, the, like the fact that, that you know Progress are, are on the WWE Network. Yeah. There's no bigger platform in wrestling than the WWE Network. Like it's the Peacock Network now in in America, but. So it was a no-brainer for me to, to get that on there and to try and continue what I was looking to do in terms of giving people who might not have the platform the platform to be seen. Yeah. Not just in the UK, but worldwide. You know, people like Leon Slater, who's like, incredible
1: and he's really young and really talented. Yeah, he completely blew us out of the water in that um, match that he had. He was unreal. Yeah. People like Levi Muir, who's like
0: he's had like, a great experience with WWE, but he's not really had um, the opportunity to show the world what he can do. Yeah, like people like Alex Roth, who's who's like who's, he works really hard and is a feature on like, a lot of smaller shows. I no mean, disrespect to the shows that he's on, but a lot of smaller shows, a lot of family shows, but we're all more than deserving of opportunity to wrestle, for the likes of progress. Yeah, and you know, like is for me, it's giving people an opportunity that that may not have had one. Um, and in answer to your question about it being an annual thing, it's going to be more than an annual thing, so. Without saying too much, there's. I've been talking to a few people about running Everything Patterns shows or at very least Everything Patterns showcases within other shows uh, this year. Awesome. I, I, th- I think, I don't want to speak for them, but Progress were very happy with how it went and uh, expressed interest in doing another one
1: um, at some point. To their credit, I guess, Progress, since the first one, the cards have become way more diverse, haven't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. They've worked really
0: hard to make the cars diverse. Look at the landscape of their champions, for example. Yeah, you know, Giselle, women's champion. I one two one tag team champions. Jonathan Gresham, the yep. world champion. Not to say that these people are the champions because of Progress to trying to promote diversity, but Progress have worked really hard to give people opportunities. to, yeah, to and have they've all got over. Cars.
1: And they've all got over, haven't
0: they? Yeah, exactly. And, and people, we just need these opportunities. In, in the sense, for us to sink or sink or swim, and everyone's swimming.
1: Well, I'm super excited for you that um, it seems like it's taking off. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I need to, I like, I
0: personally need to do and work and with it um, going forward, and it's stuff that I'll be looking into and seeing what I can, what I can do to push that, I guess, brand going forward. Yeah, but yeah, this is exciting.
1: And then we just wanted to let you know a few of our like favorite things that you've done, like we've seen live in particular, Roy. For myself, you faced Chuck Mambo at the Dome when Chuck was a robot. (laughs) Oh yeah, the futuristic Chuck Mambo. I loved that match, it was so much fun. And you were the perfect guy for him to face. I just absolutely love that match.
0: I love doing like creative wrestling stuff. I'm not so much interested in exhibition matches that have no reason or story behind it. But this one with we, we, we chucked, which Chuck was so fun because wow, what was it called? It was Freedom's Road. He had the story where he's he'd where he was yeah. worried, worried, like time traveled and he's Chuck Bamboa <laughs> from the future and that sort of stuff. And yeah. Yeah, it was just it was just funny because like we we did this the whole thing where like he knew what I was gonna say. Yeah. And then yeah. we did the match. And then his kind of his time travel thing kind of glitched because I started doing his moves and he wasn't <laughs> expecting it and all that sort of stuff it's just really fun and just really funny yeah. to do
1: yeah i loved it yeah it was so good and james i'll, I'll let you lead on the match from the res girl.
2: yeah we, we were at the uh iwl show where you wrestled the uh 5 side football team
1: oh yeah yeah another one i loved
0: <laughs> it's brilliant i, re- I really <laughs> like them guys i really i think they're really they're like like i said i, I love characters and creativity in wrestling they've, they've got like the most i think the most creative gimmick in wrestling i don't know why no one's done it before like a stable of, of, of a football team um and like yeah i just i just love like little things like just little like nods to football that they do and they have entrance music and they do the lineup for the, to the champions league music yeah and <laughs> they all have a kit and then and now they've got like an away kit and, and like a you know, training top and stuff, and they do subs in and out, and
1: <laughs> it's so yeah, good. it's just
0: you know, and they do things like obviously, like a penalty kick as a move, of course. <laughs> like,
2: you know, saw um, one of them like dive, didn't he? Like, to get like, like a fake yes, <laughs> a yes. Fake, fake that you got hit. <laughs>
0: I don't think that happened in my match with them, but I've seen it. They, they do it, and the ref pulls out a, a, a card. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, this is so much stuff that you, you can do with them, and they're great for family shows and like. Just that's just really good, entertaining wrestling. It's very creative, different, and um yeah, I really enjoyed that match as well. So it's, it's good fun.
1: You also had a cracking match at the Dome where you faced Rampage for the Atlas title. That match was so great because it felt like, okay, so this is letting Roy actually have his wrestling chops. And you went in there and you gave and you took as best as what Rampage was able to give you. Some of those lariats that he gave you were horrendous. Oh,
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> They they were, I I, I saw, I saw like Jesus for a bit, for about three seconds. Um, Yeah, so I guess around about that time, I wanted to show people that I could wrestle uh, and I wasn't just this one-dimensional comedy character because as great as it was and the opportunities that I got from being a character and what have you with like, you know, the Wasteland Challenge and stuff and to an extent the WWE UK stuff, being a character in the UK limits what you can do. Yeah. Um, because apart from like like special niche shows, you can't have shows that are just for the characters. You need to have the one character match. Yeah. So that means you're you're likely going to get booked less unless you're like a import or, or or you're a huge name or what have you. So I just wanted to show that I actually could could wrestle and and that you know if Progress wanted to be wanted to put me in a position where I'm I just have a serious wrestling match that I can do it and I'd always want to wrestle Rampage and I've had two barn burners with him one of that, that progress show you, you mentioned and the, the main event of the first Everything Pound and yeah. it's very much my, my thing especially that year 2018 to, to show people that I can actually go and that I, I can actually wrestle like a heavyweight wrestler.
1: Talking yeah. of being able to go and facing a heavyweight wrestler you've got chapter 134 coming up you've got yes. your Atlas title match against Luke Jacobs, someone who really impressed over three matches last month in the tournament to win the title. Are you excited for the match?
0: I am excited for the match. Firstly, because I've been going on about the Atlas title since it went away. Yeah. uh, About bringing it back and and that sort of thing. Uh, Whether that be like privately moaning at at progress to to bring it back or or publicly talking about it on Twitter and then they decide they they are bringing it back. So and I get the first shot of the new champion, which is great. So I'm looking forward to that for that for that reason. Uh, secondly, Luke Jacobs is phenomenal. I mentioned in my, my promo that I put out a week or so ago. He is the present and future of British wrestling, um, and he represents everything that's good
1: about British wrestling. Yeah, at 21, yeah. he's scary talented, isn't
0: he? Yeah, he's like he's got throwbacks to like Stan Hansen and absolutely, yeah, and like JBL and and people like that, and you know, Doctor to Death and and like yeah. Real, Old school bruiser, like heavyweight wrestlers. So I'm looking forward to getting to wrestling because the first time I would have wrestled him as well. Oh right, um, okay. So I've obviously I've seen a lot of what he can do up close from through the the, the progress. Yeah. And on the, on the I guess, final and a personal note, I'm I'm going to win. So that's yes, what I'm looking forward is. to. Like, <laughs> um, I, I want I want that that championship. I want it, I want it pride and in place in my living room. I want to take it in my hand luggage out to Ibiza. I want to sit at Ocean Beach Club with the Atlas Championship on my shoulder um, next to my beautiful girlfriend and with a nice drink
1: in my hand. (laughs) Sounds good. um, That's the plan. So I'm going to win and that's why I'm looking forward to it. And Luke wouldn't even have the title if it wasn't for you canvassing for it on Twitter.
0: Well, I, I mean... I, c- I could take some credit, probably not all the credit, because I think Progress probably had to look at the landscape of British wrestling and heavyweights before they can think, is there actually enough heavyweights left for them to be at any sort of Atlas division? <laughs> yeah, there yeah. is. Um, so there's, you know, every every other heavyweight wrestler in the country plays a part in, in, in that being able to be possible and, and that coming back. But like, like I said, I had gone on a, a, a lot about bringing the Atlas title back.
1: Uh, lastly, on the wrestling, hopes for your future in British wrestling, and do you have a particular goal in mind?
0: I honestly don't know. For me, like a lot of things change for me personally in terms of uh, where I see my goals and my my end going wrestling now. Like I, I don't think think, think think I'm speaking out of term when when I suggest or say that maybe WWE, for example, that they're looking towards younger people now, maybe looking away from the Indies from what we see anyway on. NXT 2.0 I don't know if that's I don't I wouldn't say that's reflected actually on what's happening in NXT UK but you know WWE Western television has always been my goal I've obviously had my cup of coffee in the UK tournament yeah. and coming back to NXT UK briefly doing the UK UK championship tour sorry the house shows or yeah live events as they, as they call them and I, I'm, I'm quite self-aware in that I know I'm now one of the older guys in the scene in fact probably, maybe one more experienced guys to have scene so whilst i have my goals and i want to end up i want to wrestle on tv like that's where i want to be that's where i think i should be i think i more than more than anyone in the country there's no disrespect to anyone else but
1: i think i have the attributes required for television wrestling definitely um, i think if you had a um talk show on and it's uk it would absolutely smash
0: yeah, so that's the thing. I, I can I'll talk bigging myself up and talking about myself, which I don't like to do, but I think if you if you put me in that environment, I could do anything they wanted me to do and I can make it entertaining. So that's why I think I should be on TV. Whether that will happen for me or not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in control of that. But that's my goal. I want to be a wrestler on TV. Whether it's like I have, you know, one last stab at it or where you know, I get to do it regularly, that's that's the goal really. But overall and ultimately I just want to enjoy wrestling. I, I love wrestling, I want to continue to love wrestling. And there's no point doing it if I don't enjoy it. So I just want to continue to enjoy it. And while I am, I guess, one of the more experienced guys on the scene, I want to give back as much as I can, help out people as much as I can. Like, you know, I get, and I'm very open to this. So I'll say it publicly any wrestler who wants to send me a match to look at. So I might be able to give, might not be able to give you, you know, this detailed feedback as, as someone who's, who's trains wrestlers, but I have an opinion. I have a good eye for stuff. Um, so I send it across. Um, I've had, people request to say to me on the off I think I'd say no but I always look at it I need something to do when I'm on the treadmill so (laughs) (laughs) um so yes it's like you know I want to give back as much as I can and that's the whole point of me doing everything patterned really is for when I leave the wrestling scene I want to leave it in a better place than it was when I started I want to leave it in a a space where the crowds are more diverse which I think it's I'd like to say it's happening now you know the wrestling wrestlers themselves the the cards more diverse which is definitely happening yeah, um, and even things like podcasts and wrestling content creators are becoming more diverse you have a lot of like women who are, who are doing great stuff in content for us um, you have the guys like uh, wrestling's guys i don't I don't know if you've heard of them but i'm very good friends with those guys now and they, they're they constantly churning out
1: content like you know yeah, um, we follow them on twitter they're a great follow
0: and they're, they're very creative and they're, they're constantly churning out stuff like some of the stuff they come out with is just like, why didn't anyone think of this before? <laughs> like, you know, they have the whole like rest things house thing where it's like goggle box meets wrestling. Um, yeah. You know, the all, so I, I could go for all the stuff they put out, but literally I subscribe to them on YouTube. I get a notification every day that they put something out. So they're fantastic. And I think if it wasn't for the fact that the wrestling landscape is changing, I don't know whether they'd be as prominent and, and I'm not saying that's something that like I had any say in or, or created or attribute that to me, but that's one of the things I want to leave behind when I eventually decide to stop wrestling. Which I, I don't, I don't see it being too far away, to be honest, when I decide to hang up my boots, so to speak. But I'll, I'll keep going with wrestling until my body tells me not to.
1: Yeah, well, that's beautifully put, Roy, and um, it's very much in line with wrestling it should be fun. So yeah, we're um, definitely. On board with that statement um, and we would be amiss to not talk to you about your love of Crystal Palace before you go.
0: That's, that's um, fine, you can
1: talk to me about that, I've, I'm, I'm fully, I, I go through stages where I pretend like I don't support them
0: when they're, <laughs> they're not playing very well and I just decide I support like, <laughs> I don't know, FC Basel or someone like Must someone else fun. who plays in red and blue but they're doing really well this season, I'm really happy uh, with the progress they've made in, under Patrick Vieira and yeah, it's just long may it continue because they're building something special there, and I'm really proud of, of to be a Palace fan. And yeah, um, love the club. So I've got nothing but positive things to say about about
1: Palace at the moment. <laughs> Did you have any <laughs> um, move names based on Crystal Palace that were ever like thought of in your head? No. So
0: the only things that um, I guess I, I, I have yeah, never had any moves so any, any moves to do with Palace or anything. But like I've had Palace inspired gear. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah. So I thought I had a singlet that was Palace inspired. It had Johnson eight on the back because uh, Andy Johnson <laughs> yeah. was my favorite Palace player, which Wait I wore only really when I wrestled for Riptide in Brighton because the guys there very they're also very creative, and very clever, and they had this idea where I'd wrestle, I'd work basically as just a Palace fan in Brighton, and oh, yeah. sure, those yeah, don't I've know Pal- big rivalry, Bryson, in there, yeah. yeah, big rivalry. So, <laughs> so I'd, I would just come out in my Palace gear palace ring gear i wear palace socks I, you know just palace i just basically <laughs> Palace stuff And um and i work as a hill there until the point where i tweeted palace about it and they wish me good luck for my, oh, match, so good. for my match in brighton and they <laughs> followed me on twitter which is which is great but yeah it's like i um so within like the wrestling fans who support palace i'm like their guy now um which oh is quite gosh. funny um, there, was, there was a big thread about it on Reddit once about uh, there's a Palace fan who wrestles and he has a match in Brighton and they showed the video clip of me coming out in Brighton to all these like boos and whatever and they just yeah <laughs> Palace, Palace fans ate it up but yeah no moves as such just probably that I'd say yeah
1: well if we Obviously, come up with a pun on a, on a wrestling name based on a Palace player we'll, we'll uh, tweet you out mate
0: yeah just let me know just let me know I'm always, <laughs> up, I'm always up for move names so
2: <laughs> Chris what, Arm Drag Strong
0: <laughs> I oh, not think that needs a bit of work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it needs a bit of work, but yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of any other couldn't think of any for Matt Jansen. <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult one. I dunno. B-I-N-G-O
0: and Bingo was his name, oh
1: Last but not least, we'll have a quick go at Booker Bingo where we do a quick spreadsheet randomizer of a thousand wrestlers that we've got and we'll see who you come up with and we'll book a quick feud. James will go first so that you know what to, okay. to like, kind of do. Um, That's
2: not going to be a good example.
1: <laughs> so I'll just spin the wheel and let's see who we get. So it's Big Wavy Roy Johnson versus... Jay Lethal oh that'd be that'd be
0: quite tasty there actually which which iteration of Jay Lethal though? Are we going for so Black Machismo use,
1: or so you could use any character that Jay Lethal's used throughout his career we're in a bit of a Chuck Mambo time machine
0: <laughs> I have my ideas I'd, I'd like no. to bring up Black Machismo for just for one match
2: Ooh, yeah. feel free to go first Roy
0: uh, uh, yeah, any iteration of J. Lethal, as long as when it comes down to the match, I hear the pomp and circumstance, and he comes out in the black matches, my stuff. Yeah, that's that's all I want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't much.
0: <laughs>
2: so, I'm gonna take Special K, J. Lethal, <laughs> who I think was Hydro in the early Ring of Honor days. Okay. And they were sort of a techno... The dance music, I'm not entirely sure what, but it's some sort of techno partying, using probably some additional uh, motivation for their party was their gimmick. <laughs> and I think we can get some sort of a gimmick based on a music feud of the techno versus more of the, the grime side of the of Roy's character. Like it, yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm actually than, more
0: into techno now than, than, than grime. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe the to team. fight, fight to see who could be the king of techno. Maybe.
2: There we go. Yeah, we're going back into the tech. Yeah. So yeah. Special K can uh, infiltrate uh, Roy and take him away from Grime into his new love of techno, <laughs> which has uh, irritated Hydro. Who leaves Special K. To become the more serious Jay Lethal character under the tutelage of Samoa Joe. <laughs> and that becomes the uh, the match with Jay Lethal trying to bring Roy back out of from the uh, the partying aspects of uh Special K and uh, rededicate himself to be a serious wrestler.
1: Oh, I like it. Yeah, I like so it, it turns into almost like a rehash of the bromance. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, that was episode 53 of Wrestling Should Be Fun. Thank you so much to Roy Johnson for coming on. Roy, did you want to plug anything? So obviously you mentioned my match I've got coming up for, for progress. <sighs> I guess my,
0: my, my Twitter, my merch, from that sort of stuff you can find if you go on my Twitter. I, I, sh- I just want, actually want to say, actually, a plug for you guys because I uh, just want to let you know that I appreciate what you guys are doing and what you look to do. I can't speak on behalf of every wrestler, but we really do appreciate the fans who bring good positive energy towards the scene you know it's very easy to get sucked up into the the horrible toxic bitter part of a uh, Twitter I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but you know nothing <laughs> <old wrapping laughs> coming up but yeah um, no, we just really appreciate really appreciate you like fans like you guys we don't re- really care for people who you know do, ma- do match ratings and crap on everything and and tell everyone that rich Wilson is dead when we're trying to build it back up and it evidently clearly isn't dead because British wrestling's uh, on top of the world again. So, um, yeah, we just, just want to say, like, I, I appreciate what you guys do. Uh, the wrestlers appreciate what you guys do. And please keep continuing to do it. Don't don't ever stop that. And Anything stop you guys from doing what you're looking to do because we want positive wrestling content. Well,
1: that what's means what's a lot, about? Roy. Thank you very much. Yeah. And we yeah. absolutely will carry on. And we're all about building the scene and building wrestlers up and building the scene up as a whole so thanks so much for coming on and um all the best with everything patterned in the future we'll uh, certainly be at the future shows and um thanks for everything that you've done on, on that side of things as well no
0: worries man thanks for having me as well it's been, it's been great It's been real fun cheers roy yeah. right. thanks for coming thanks on care. boy brilliant Bye. wrestling should be fun should be fun wrestling should be fun